Hello and welcome to One Digital's COVID-19 Employer Advisory Podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to provide business leaders with the latest commentary on evolving business and economic news that impacts healthcare, business, and the workplace. In each episode, our One Digital advisors will be addressing evolving coronavirus situations, translating them for employers so they can be proactive for their organizations and develop their business planning strategies. This is Julie Bogus, and I am the Regional Managing Director for One Digital's HR consulting practice based in the Carolinas. Over the past few weeks, we have received many questions in response to the COVID-19 crisis and questions specifically about developing a plan to help businesses reopen. Today, I'll focus on the details of a phased return to work plan with five strategic questions to help leadership teams answer along the way. It's incredibly easy to feel overwhelmed right now. There is so much information flying around and it seems to change every day. My hope here is that I can boil it down a bit to help you really focus on what is critical for your organization. Every industry is gonna be different, but there will be some variance based on your culture and state and local guidance as well. I would suggest that almost without exception, every plan should be developed with strict attention to CDC and OSHA guidelines with the unwavering goal to keep everyone safe. The outline of the process will be punctuated, as I mentioned, with five strategic questions that you should be asking yourself and your management team along the way. Here are three that immediately come to mind. First, plan to plan, but never lose sight of the fact that your plan is a living document and information will change. So will you be able to remain flexible and be ready to pivot? Second, leadership matters, and leadership needs to be visible and authentic at all times, even more so during a crisis. Employees are seeing leaders in a new light. Leaders, like those they lead, are experiencing the same challenges and issues. Whether it be quarantine or isolation, working from home with children, and the same concerns for their personal safety and health. This shared experience is actually bringing leaders closer to employees than ever before and presents an opportunity to improve communication and deepen relationships. So as a leader, what are you doing to demonstrate that you personally care about your stakeholders? Third, who is communicating with your different audiences? Is the communication frequent and authentic? Are people hearing news from you before they hear it from somewhere else? Okay, so if we look at the entire return to work process, we can generally see three distinct phases, consistent with the proposed state and federal framework. Phase one, the physical workplace reopens. Phase two is more of a gradual transition back to normal operations. And phase three, the workplace is up and running with new protocols in place. As an employer, you need to look at how you do your business. You need to consider your customers and how you will reach out to them to reassure them that you've implemented new measures to ensure their safety. If you're a healthcare office and you are looking to invite patients back in, patients who may be high risk already, how are you gonna craft your communication to let them know that you've done everything you can to prepare the office for business? I just read that Kroger, the largest supermarket chain in the world, envisions reconfigured stores that minimize the employee-customer contact using various processes, online orders, drive-through purchases, as well as digital payments and early hours for seniors and other high-risk individuals. This is absolutely a trend that I expect will get traction in almost every industry. 
I can't help to think about tight places, um, hospitals, gyms, military bases, schools, churches, places where people gather and it's very difficult to maintain consistent social distancing. Are the measures to bring employees and customers back enough in these settings to ensure personal safety? And consistent with reopening guidelines issued by the White House and many states, as well as plans that we see appearing from other countries, this three-phased approach that I will outline is a practical and cautious way to go. So let's take a closer look at phase one. The workplace is technically open. So you will have to look at your business and determine the timeline to reopen. Generally, the return to work timeline should be based on three criteria. At least two weeks of declining infection rates in your area, hospital beds below two-thirds capacity, and broadly available testing. In phase one, employers that can continue to work from home, or employees rather, that can continue to work from home should do so. You'll wanna do a gradual shift back to work and be sure to give employees at least two weeks notice of the plan to return to work. Employees will have their own set of issues with childcare or possibly caring for sick family members. Give them time to sort these issues out and be open as they try to find a new balance. So look to prioritize your essential workers. Think about how social distancing will impact the workflow. If you're in an office, modify work areas. If you're a manufacturing facility, look at staggering shifts, start times, break times, require face coverings, maybe run every other machine. No business travel and no visitors to the workplace in phase one. I would also add the importance that as leaders, you really need to do your due diligence before opening the office or workplace. There are essential items that should be addressed before the doors open and people come back to work. So when is the big question? You should be able to answer a few key questions before you decide on a timeline. Do you have access to PPE? Things like gloves, masks, protective eyewear, hand sanitizer to provide to employees. So every, everybody's going to diff, be different here. So you really need to determine what PPE is appropriate for your work environment and make sure you have what you need on hand. So we're hearing about social distancing everywhere. Will you be able to implement social distancing measures like keeping employees at least six feet apart and controlling the number of employees in the workplace at any one time? Have you reviewed your policies? Are there temporary policies that may need to become permanent? Think about adding a telework policy and possibly a communicable disease policy. Revisit your vacation policy. Make sure that all of these get communicated to employees with reasons around why they're being introduced or changed. It may very well be that expectations have shifted in the workplace. Employees need to be aware of this. So do you actually have a plan to rehire your employees? Employers should have the opportunity and should take the opportunity to have employees sign rehire paperwork. New policies, policies, revisions, any items that were missing or need to be updated. A, good a really good idea to have them re-sign the employee handbook acknowledgement. Include the new W-4 for 2020. Check your I-9 paperwork, et cetera. Lots of things to consider. Job descriptions. This is, this is huge and definitely a changing focus right now. You, you really need to look at the functional needs of the company. So look at how you, you have defined individual roles around these needs. Make sure you have the right person doing the right job. This may require moving some talent around or hiring some new talent and providing training for employees to help support new and improved operations. This is a great time to invest in training if you can. Ask your employees how they are doing. This is a big one.
recognize that stress levels are higher now than perhaps ever before. Stress, anxiety, and depression should be part of every conversation. As an employer, you should be offering up whatever resources are available, access to EAPs, self-assessment tools, and perhaps training for managers to recognize the signs of distress. The mental health of your workforce is critical and leadership has a responsibility to ensure everyone is safe and well. Address any requests for accommodation. You should anticipate additional work from home requests for disability and personal reasons, additional leave time and paid leave time. Be prepared to handle these in a consistent manner. I think now that we have seen that this virtual world actually works, people are gonna be looking for a little bit more work-life balance. Um, so be prepared to handle these requests. Um, thinking about safety protocols, this is a huge topic. So what measures will you take as an employer to sanitize and disinfect, disinfect your workplace before you open and once you, once you are open? So get cleaning crews on site at least daily based on your setup and make sure they are cleaning and disinfecting workstations, equipment, tools, floors, restrooms, cafeterias, lockers, any common surface areas, frequently used areas, computer screens, keyboards, everything. The goal is to establish a sanitary baseline before you open. It should be 100% disinfected prior to anyone returning to work. Will you be, implemented employing, will you be implementing employee screenings or testings to prevent sick employees from entering the workplace? To answer a few key questions, yes, you can take an employee's temperature. Be mindful of the confidentiality issues and be sure you have someone trained to correctly do this. And determine what your process will be if someone does have a fever. Remember as well that a fever does not always mean COVID and COVID-19 does not always have a fever. Yes, you can ask general health questions about symptoms the employee may be experiencing, but you cannot ask about a diagnosis. Follow the guidelines from the CDC and make sure you ensure the employee's confidentiality. Also, I just saw a plan that is actually looking at air quality and surface hygiene in the workplace. And considering we spend about 90% of our lives indoors, we should be concerned about this as well. Anticipate seeing some more stuff come up on this in the next few weeks. So for the fourth strategic question, I would focus on safety and wellness. Are you doing everything you can for your people? How will you ensure that your employees, your customers, all your stakeholders are safe? So let's take a look at phase two. Phase two is going to see more of a transition in the workplace. Gatherings of 50 are now allowed. However, employees can still, who can still work from home are encouraged to do so. As far as timing, there should not be a set timeline on when phase two can start. Companies really need to evaluate how things are going both at work and in their larger community. Check for any reoccurrence, monitor CDC guidelines, and remain flexible. As more employees begin to return to the workplace, Take a look at schedules again and see if you can stagger shifts or even limit days to, to limit the people that can come and go at once. Meetings should continue to be virtual and employees should be comfortable and encouraged to express any concerns or fears. CDC guidelines should be followed with respect to wearing masks and social distancing. Business travel is still banned under phase two. A question that's also come up a lot. Can you as an employer monitor or restrict an employee's personal travel? So the answer, in short, no, legally you can't. However, you can impose self-isolation guidelines and prohibit the employee from returning to the workplace during the isolation period. So phase three is not entirely business as usual. 
but we are starting to set the stage for what the work environment will be, really a glimpse of what the new normal will be. Again, no set timelines, but suggests at least two weeks after phase two is introduced and shown to have steady positive results. Continue to monitor your community and infection rates. As duties allow, more employees should be encouraged to return to the workplace. This is a key point. You need to have a process for selecting employees who will continue to be allowed to work remotely. Create a process here and be consistent. Consider folks that might have issues with childcare, employees that are high risk as defined by the CDC, or employees with a legitimate safety concern. All of this needs to be part of the discussion and consider these variables as you schedule employees to return. Be prepared for employees to hesitate, to have anxiety, and some that will flat out refuse to come back. There are legal considerations here, but you should never lose sight of the personal factors that are weighing on everyone right now. Work with your team to make sure everyone feels comfortable and reassured. As things begin to settle down, travel restrictions can be loosened. However, we still recommend that all employees and visitors should continue to follow the safety guidelines. It seems important to note that even a well-planned return to work can be derailed and companies absolutely have to be prepared to step back and consider other options. This ability to remain flexible and pivot is more important now than ever. If the virus does have a reoccurrence, you need to know how you will respond and so does your team. For example, if you're in phase two, perhaps plan to step back to phase one. The last strategic question and the most important one centers on your people. People are at the core of everything we do. One of the most challenging things about COVID has been the isolation. We have been reminded that work is very social, yet personal experience, and culture continues to provide the framework and the basis for the work environment. So I posed this question earlier in my discussion, but I'll ask it again. Have your decisions been consistent with your culture, and do they reflect your company values? You really have an opportunity to reset your business here. Investing in an employee through the development of their skills can facilitate a rebuilding of trust and increase loyalty. So I just want to focus on, their, really, there's five drivers of connection. One, lead the individuals, not just the organization. So think about that if you're, if you're in the leadership, on the leadership team or, or you are the leader. Um, focus on how you are developing your team. Have confidence in the achievability of the mission. Provide work assignments that make a vital contribution are of interest. People want to be part of an amazing team. Make the employee's perception of work-life work balance a priority. And the last one, instill confidence in leadership's ability to manage. So we've talked about most of these today, but I really want to focus on that last driver. So instill confidence in leadership's ability to manage. We're really looking at the opportunity for leadership to reinvent and specifically to inspire the workforce, to be bold. I say inspire, not motivate for a reason. When you motivate someone, you are doing something to them, which is a fear-based approach. Inspiration, on the other hand, is intrinsic. Great leaders look to inspire others to grow. So when you inspire someone, they do this for themselves. Motivation is lighting a fire under someone. Inspiration is lighting a fire within someone. On a high level, we want to make sure that a recovery plan considers organizational goals and deliverables based on revised business forecasts and objectives, and that these are all communicated to the people who will help carry out your mission. The very same people who will be inspired to be better than ever before. 
It might feel a little lofty right now to talk about strategic planning, but this is really the best time to have these conversations and for all the reasons we've outlined today. So if we revisit the one sentence, leaders must focus on inspiring the employee's connection to their team management and most importantly to the organization's mission. We've changed the one word from uh, reinforcing to inspiring. Now we have a different conversation, one that feels a little bit more interesting and engaging. Changing just a few details can change the conversation around culture and shared vision and can help fast track your business in its recovery. So an interesting parting thought. Bad news has four times more impact than good news. So leaders need to spend some time being thought thoughtful about the message they want to convey, how they want to convey it, who needs to hear it, and what is the best way to share both good news and bad news. Visible and compassionate leadership over communicating to all their audiences right now is a good strategy. I hope this has provided you with both strategic and tactical advice on how to proceed. As I mentioned at the beginning, information is changing quickly and there's a lot of it to absorb in a short amount of time. Ask questions of others and take the time to pause and listen to other perspectives. As with most tragedies come opportunity and I do believe that we have been given an opportunity to do things better. Thank you for listening and feel free to reach out to anyone on our HR consulting team. We have 130 consultants across the country who are ready to help you. Be safe and stay healthy. Stay connected to your family, friends, and coworkers. Thank you for your time today. Thank you for listening to this episode of One Digital's COVID-19 Employer Advisory Podcast. There's never been a time more than now during which our commitment to standing as one with our customers and providing peace of mind is more important. We are committed to providing the guidance you need to make complex decisions, even in the most challenging times. For additional resources, thought leadership, or for the latest employer information related to the COVID-19 pandemic, please visit onedigital.com forward slash coronavirus. Thank you.